There is just never enough time in the day to do practically anything. Oh, hi! Welcome once again to the Citanium Mine. Thank you for joining me. And on this episode, we're actually going to do a few quick attacks on some games that I played for a very short amount of time uh, because uh, they really weren't that appealing to me. And uh, I wanted to talk about them, uh, why they weren't particularly appealing to me, and why I decided to put them down after such a short period. Uh, but we are going to start with the one that I probably played for the longest amount, uh, which was Dodgeball Academia. I think the reason why I was willing to play it for at least a little bit of time was because the look and the feel of it was very interesting. If you've never seen the game, it will probably remind you of like a Paper Mario. I mean, in terms of its art style, uh, the graphics, even the combat is very similar to it. The concept, of course, being that you are at a school that teaches dodgeball. And so all of the combat is on a dodgeball field where you have to hurl dodgeballs at your opponents. And there are special attacks and there are like super attacks that you can do. Uh, you have to learn how to dodge, obviously, how to block, the whole thing. It's colorful, it's quirky, uh, but I think the reason why, inevitably, it did not really work for me is because it's one of those games that seems a little too pleased with itself. You might have heard of me talk about this phenomenon with some other titles, like, for instance, Journey to the Savage Planet, or more recently, Breathage. I have this thing about certain games when they get into this idea that, like, I really just love my concepts so much. And so they go really in on the dodgeball thing here. All of the characters are just so utterly quirky. It You have a lot of the anthropomorphic animals that are in this as your teachers and your faculty and everything. But even though it has all of that quirkiness and the edge and everything... It does this thing where it will basically keep pulling you to certain areas and blocking off others because it has a certain way it wants you to play the game. And if you're not playing it that way, then it's not happy. Uh, so you don't get a lot of options as to kind of like go off and, and do other things. There's pretty much the main mission and there's not a lot else. There are some side stuff that you do, but it's very few and far between. And mostly they want you to go through their day and then uh, go to sleep and wake up the next day and keep going with the, the storyline. Um, the storyline is all served based on the idea that these kids need to learn how to be great at dodgeball. Yep, there's a big dodgeball tournament. There's, it's just so much dodgeball. And it just it, to the point where I was not interested in it at, at all. There's a whole thing, too, where you get into the Paper Mario realm of things, where there are timed button presses so that you have to block and dodge. Even though it is a turn-based system, uh, it does also focus on button pressing as a mechanic. Generally, I'm not a big fan of that, because if you're going to be doing something in a turn-based sort of combat... I want to focus on the tactics, the strategy of it, not the quick-time button-pressing. But it does it here, like it did it in Paper Mario, and it's for, like, everything. And I just lost interest, because that is pretty much the only thing you do, is just these dodgeball arenas, one after the next after the next. 
Okay, so this next one I had not heard anything about before I picked it up, but I thought I would give it a go. And it's called Dandy Ace. Don't even get me started on the name. But the thing about it is, it's a game where you play this character who's called the Dandy Ace. And you are a magician. And basically, basically, this is Hades. Like, I'm just not going to mince words. It is, it is just Hades. At the beginning of this roguelike adventure, you grab a few cards that determine what your skills are before you go into the randomly generated dungeon and have to go through a, a run-through to try and get to the very end. There is this uh, magician that doesn't want you to leave this prison maze that he has put in front of you. There are a couple of your fabulous assistants that you find will be able to help you out, uh, selling you special stuff uh, like permanent upgrades and the rest. And every time that you die, you get more narrative pieces from the cast and crew. But it is not as detailed or interesting or even as well voice-acted in some respects, because there's less of it, than Hades. Not as well fleshed out, and it's just an odd concept. The, the landscape and the way it's presented to you and the characters, you don't care about any of it. it compared to Hades, which is also a game that you could be playing, uh, if you really like roguelikes, I would just go with that, because they did an excellent job with it. I'm not a big roguelike fan, but if I had to choose between the two, I would obviously go with Hades. So why exactly would you want to play this? There really isn't a very good reason. Okay, so the next one is a real uh, downer for me. I'm really sad about this. It's called Skatebird. I was super excited about Skatebird. It's Tony Hawk, but like an actual hawk. You gotta love that. That's a great idea. So basically, yeah, it's a game where you are a bird, a burb of, of many different types. You can choose all sorts of different birds, and you can choose all sorts of different costumes to put those birds in, and you you roll around in this miniature Tony Hawk-ish kind of skate park made up of magazines and you know bedposts and laundry lines great concept very first thing that you think about is the idea that this is going to be sort of like micro machines but for skateboarding isn't that awesome wouldn't you love that of course you would that would be amazing there's a problem though and the big problem here is that skatebird is so frenetic in its control scheme and the way it plays, how the camera zooms in and out, like it's had way too much caffeine, and the fact that it is not fleshed out. The characters are not characters. They obviously want you to interact with all of these different birds, but the birds, they are just there to give you some kind of an assignment to find this thing, or go here, or do this. But you realize that because the camera is so shaky, and the controls are so fidgety, it is difficult to actually do the skateboarding part, which is sort of the whole point. And that's the real shame here. It's a great concept, very cool, but it really needed more refinement. If you're going to create an extreme sports game, the thing you have to have down, more than anything, is your controls. They have to be pitch perfect. 
your your controls and to some extent yes your camera have to be perfect everything else is secondary storyline not really all that necessary voice acting you don't even need it at all um even even your quest lines you could do the silliest things imaginable not really important it doesn't really matter you know there wasn't a lot of stuff that was super serious about the tony hawk franchise and it was great but it was great because it controlled so well and the camera was always where you really needed it to be that is what was so good. And when you had free range of the actual camera, it didn't, like, jut behind a wall or into a floor or something. And unfortunately, Skatebird just does for reasons that are unbeknownst to me. It became frustrating. And the frustrating part is really where we have a problem. That's not what I want from a skateboarding game, not what I want from an extreme sports game. You can't have it. It's not good. You insta-fail when you can't get the controls down. Period. Okay, and uh, the fourth and final game that I was going to talk to you about was Katamari Damacy Reroll. Now, uh, Katamari Damacy is a game that came out a very long time ago. It got a remake, essentially, in Reroll. Uh, so it could be brought on to modern consoles. The very idea of it is bonkers. Uh, a lot of people are probably aware of that, but the the idea is that you're this little prince of the cosmos and the king of the cosmos. Your dad asks you to go and roll a bunch of stuff up because there's no stars in the sky, and so now you got to go roll various things, objects, and creatures up into uh, an ever-increasing ball that will then get shot into the sky. Don't ask for any kind of semblance of sense here. You're not supposed to find it. The general concept is cool, and it's quirky, and I really like the idea that it reminded me of a more recent entry that I saw, obviously that came far after Katamari, but it was called um, Donut County, and that was a super fun game. Very well written, very, very clever, uh, where you have a hole, and the more stuff you put into the hole, the bigger the hole gets. It's a very simple concept, very simple gameplay. Katamari Damacy really should have been easy to understand. The thing that was really frustrating for me, though, is that for some odd reason, and I do not understand it, they decided to make the controls far more complicated than they needed to be. If you're going to have a simple game that has a simple concept, you should probably have a very simple control scheme. But what they decided to do is change how you would imagine you are supposed to maneuver this ball around a map. And I don't understand why. Like, if I told you that you were in a game, like an adventure game, right, and you had a ball in front of you, how would you imagine, on a regular controller, you would maneuver this ball? Well, you'd probably think that you have, like, your left thumbstick that you would use to move forward, backward, left, and right. And you have a right thumbstick that you can use to control the camera. Okay, even Skatebird figured that out. Okay, but for some weird reason, you don't have direct control of the camera at all. And in order to move forward, you have to push both thumbsticks up. To go back, you have to push both thumbsticks down. Same thing to the side, anything. Now, how do you rotate? Oh, well, you have to push the thumbstick up on the side that you want to move around to, or away from the side that you want to move away from. 
now, why would you do that? Well, apparently they wanted to do this so that they could do some special maneuvers where you flick the analog sticks in the opposite direction. And that would allow you to, like, jump over and, and do stuff, like, you know, do a quick turn. But it's not worth it. Why wouldn't you just map those to the, the face buttons? Or, or something else. You have plenty of space on this controller to work with, and they don't utilize it, really, at all. And so you're sitting there trying to roll up the cockroaches or frogs or dominoes or whatever you're doing, and just realizing how this seems so much more complex and confusing than it really had to be. This, sh this should have been a very simple, easy-to-understand, not even think about what you're doing kind of game. And I would be all for that. I love, you know, a simple game that I can just sit back and not think about. Sometimes that's great, but when the controls then become an issue where I have to start thinking about it, this is no longer that. Now, a simple game has been made incrementally more confusing, and therefore, I have to constantly be thinking about these controls. For some odd reason, they also have, like, uh, goals that you're supposed to do, like how big you're supposed to make this ball in each level, and then they put you on a timer. A again, it's just such a weird cognitive dissonance between, here's a fun, chill game that you can play, and also, here's some rigid timers and some weird control schemes you have to work yourself around. It's just, it's just that weird difference between these two things that made me not really want to play after the first level. I, I just didn't. Uh, which is a real shame because I had always heard so much about Katamari Damacy, and I was like, oh, this is finally my time to play it because I couldn't play it on the consoles that I had at the time. And uh, now I've gotten to, and uh, in some ways I feel, I feel like, uh, okay, I didn't miss out on anything. So maybe that's a blessing in disguise. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed sitting here and listening to me do some quick attacks on all of these games that sadly fell short of my interest. Um, maybe because I didn't quite know what the game was going to be, or I had a, a serious expectation of what I thought the game was going to be, and it fell very short. You know, it happens. If you want to try a bunch of games, and I definitely encourage you to go and try a bunch of games because it's like what I do, um, you're going to find that some of, they're not all winners. They're not all winners, and sometimes that's good that you play those that you're not enjoying because it really informs you what you like and what you don't like. And I like to try in games that are a little bit outside my comfort zone, the kinds of games that I like to play, because then I can find if there's anything appealing about them. These are examples of things that didn't really appeal to me for one reason or another, and now I'm all the wiser for it, so no regrets. So now, you have to go off into the wilderness and do some quick attacks of your own. Go! Find the wild games out there in the beyonder! Go, my child! I freaked you out there at the end, didn't I? Excellent!